0: You are listening to Creation Talk with your host, Scott Devlin, and special guest, Dr. Taz Walker. Taz, in 2010, construction workers widening a highway in the middle of Chile's Atacama Desert accidentally came across a whale graveyard where the fossilized remains of over 70 whales were. Now, you're a geologist. Can you tell us, how does this happen? How do whales end up in a desert? Well, this was an amazing
1: discovery that was made, and uh, it was in the news for a long time because whales in the desert, there were, as you said, there were over 70, there were 80 of them altogether, and this particular area was a long way away from the ocean, and it was also quite high up above sea level. And it was north of Santiago, the capital of Chile, and they were building a highway, as you said, through, through this area, and the highway had to be stopped. And so how did the whales get there, which is really amazing. And, of course, that's what people want to know. And those people who discovered the whales, the geologists, and who wrote up the reports and who spoke to the newspapers, they have got a way of explaining things. And so their idea is everything that happened in the past happened the same way that we see it happening today. So they tried to find ways of things that happen today to explain the whales. And so one guy said, well... They must because there's 80 all That's really amazing. They're so, together. Yeah. yeah, and so they're so well preserved. That's amazing as well. And so the guy said, "Well, it looks. You know, we think they probably were buried in a lagoon. There was they were all in a lagoon, and they died in this lagoon, and they all they all got fossilized. How did they get preserved? Because if you're going to preserve a whale, it has to be covered with a lot of sediment." You know, if they get beached on the beach and other animals eat them and all that sort of thing. So it it, it uh, that lagoon really didn't cut it at all. And so another guy sort of said, well, well, maybe they beached on the beach, 80 whales beaching on the beach. You know, well, how did that um, get covered with sediment? And so as these guys try to think up ways to explain them by what we see happening today, it gives the impression that really it's a bit of a stretch. It looks like it's something different from what happened today. Another way that somebody said, well, they didn't all get beached at the same time. See, that's the other thing that they try to do. They didn't. It didn't all happen at the same time. It happened over a long period of time that there were one whale after the other, you know, died and got and got buried. Well, that's a bit of a stretch too. So how does that happen? And they have got to bury them again, and you've got to bury them in the same layer of rock. You because know, they're all buried in the same area of rock. And then another guy said, well, I think maybe there was an earthquake and it cut off part of the, the the ocean and these whales got stuck in this big lagoon and they got, well, how did they get buried again? So you can see that they're really struggling and that's why a lot of the news reports talk about the mystery or the the puzzle of these whales because
0: they haven't been able to explain it. So what you're saying is there's some people have said, okay, these whales beach themselves. Yeah. But you were telling me that it's quite away from the shoreline.
1: And that's the other puzzle. How did they come to be so far away from the ocean now? Right. And also, how did they come to be covered in sediment? Mm -hmm. So you can see why it is a puzzle. And yet the people reporting it seem to act as if, oh, yeah, everything's just normal. You know, it happens all the time, but it doesn't happen all the time. And it's very interesting that uh, there's quite a, a few news reports about this find because it's such an interesting find. Fossil whales in the desert, mm. you know, that's interesting. How do they get there, as you said? but uh, And it's interesting to read the comments under these news reports and you find people say saying things like, well, obvious, of course, it was buried in Noah's flood. And they were swimming around before the flood and during the flood, they got in that area and they got beached as the water was going down at the end of the flood.
0: And uh, quite a few people said that. Have you seen reports like that? I, I saw a few, yeah, exactly the same where well, I, was, I was actually looked up um, a little YouTube video on this and someone says, okay, how do all these whales get buried uh, inland all facing the same direction? he says this is a mystery and then they go on to talk about some conclusion that they've got an idea that there was this algal bloom and that made the water toxic and the whales died and beached themselves Mm -hmm. but yeah of course as you're saying it doesn't answer all the questions well how did they get so far inland okay well you can say well the sea used to be further inland but then i think what you were saying before taz was that well okay so even if you've got the whales inland Um, you've got them dead and you've got them all beached and say somehow you get them all beached so they're facing the same direction. Just imagine you've managed to do that. I think what you were saying earlier is the most difficult part is how do you make it a fossil then? It's got to get buried. Yes. And it's not just a little bit of sediment that sort of sprinkles on them.
1: You've got to get metres of sediment that's going to to hold these whales down because as they uh, decay, they fill up with gas. Even if there is... uh, A little bit of sediment, up to half a meter on them. On top of the whale. On top of the whale. Nice. Then when they they fill up with gas as they decay, that produces enough buoyancy to pop them out of the sediment
0: so they go into the ocean, and again, they get uh, eaten by predators. So, because I've heard of some even float, right? I think you wrote an article on this on creation.com. Of, of, was it a whale that floated? A whale that floated. And it was after it died, and it was floating so much that I think they needed to put a, a bomb in there or something to... To try to get it to sink. It's, are they used to it's almost take, unbelievable. They used to take tourist launches out, and people would pay money to go and see this whale, which is floating around up Australia. It was quite amazing. So, so what we're saying is that there's a propensity for a dead um, sea creature that has a lung capacity, or ver- is it all vertebrate sea creatures that well, it's and just, float and floats, or it's just the decay that causes it? The, the, yeah, there's the... a bacterial decay that causes and gas. In the that's it. Yeah, yeah. So we, so we see this happening today. This is experimental evidence, and and that's, that, right. that's just it's almost unbelievable. Example: They had to put a bomb on the whale to. What, why did they want it to sink anyway? It was a. It was a uh... Uh, uh, a hazard. hazard
1: to ships <laughs> uh, ships going through. If they hit the whale, it would probably yeah. you know, affect the ship pretty badly. So they wanted to sink it. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a really interesting story. I'll try to bring
0: us back. Where so, are we going? So, We're going back to but, Chile. Well, well, no, no, no. I think let's just talk about the fossilization process. Not, not back that far. Back to the fossilization process. What you're saying is that even at, like a big whale, it's likely to bloat and float. So if it's floating on the top of the water... You're going to get seagulls and other predators start to scavenge it. And Sharks, the other yep. fish will eat, will eat the thing. And then what happens then? Well,
1: it it, dis, it disintegrates. So you have to get a lot of sediment on the top of it to hold it down to stop it floating. And also the, the 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 pressure of the sediment has an effect on the bacteria and prevents the bacteria just continually causing decay. And so that enables this thing to be preserved. So. There has to be buried
0: rapidly. Yeah, because there's pictures of complete whale fossils. There's not just like scats, some of them. Did you tell me how many was there? There were 20 complete fossils, and there
1: was even two of those which were overlapping on each other. And so these the the, the highway construction was halted while they were carefully excavating these, these whale fossils. And uh, they would be put in a museum and told how they evolved over millions of years, and, and they wouldn't really tell the story that it points
0: to ca- catastrophic burial. Yeah. So what we're saying is if these predators are ripping apart this whale on the top of the surface, and then even at the bottom, on the sea bottom, you get predators there as well. That's right. When they're but, sitting on the bottom. And so, so the idea is if this whale dies, and you can, you can look at whale fall on YouTube, actually. If you look at whale fall, and they'll do a video of, of the whale. There
1: are some scientists that actually study this.
0: Yes. How whales decay on the bottom
1: of the ocean. And that's their whole field. That's their whole field. That's right. And I guess it's to answer questions like
0: this because it is a puzzle. It's a mystery. How, does it, how can that happen? So the point you're making is you need to bury it. If you're going to get that type of preservation, a complete whale, you've got to bury it very that's quickly. That's right. Is that correct? And you see the people who do the research on this,
1: the geologists, if yep. they can't say Noah's flood, right. they can't say that, yes. or they're cancelled. Yes. They lose their accreditation. But they must say there was a lot of sediment. Oh, they might say that there was a, a, a catastrophic burial here. Mm. Uh, they might say that sort of thing or, mm. and uh, point to catastrophe. But you can't say Noah's flood. it's flood. You, you'd never get a paper published in, in that case. Or And if you said it at your university or your research establishment, you'd lose funding. And so it's something they can't say. But the people commenting on the articles underneath, they can say it yeah. <laughs> unless
0: they're Comments are deleted, which is really interesting. So, Taz, we've seen, this is one example we're talking about. And I guess I'm trying to think, what could, someone could say, well, a cat, one catastrophic event happened here. But what you're saying is, well, hang on, Noah's flood happened. It's, so that was a worldwide flood. Worldwide. So if it was a worldwide flood, then we'd expect there to be these type of whale graveyards or other animal graveyards on other parts on the mm. continents. Do we find that?
1: This, uh, yes, we do. We do find graveyards. There's another one which has been more recently in the news, which is uh, a whale graveyard in uh, the Sahara Desert. Wow! In Egypt, which mm. is uh, or, or near Egypt in the north North Africa, so that's another example of whales. In uh, and they're buried late. They're buried very late in Lois flood. So as the waters were receding, the geologists who were studying in the Chile area, they talking about it. They must have been buried as the Oceans were lowering during a during a period of ocean downdrop. You're down-dropping, you know, and so of continental uplift, uh, and and that fits exactly with what you you know the uh, sequence of events of Noah's flood, where the waters came up and covered the holes of the continents, and at that time there would have been whales on the continents swimming around in what they call great inland seas, and then as the continents rose and the oceans started to, 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 to sink, the water started to flow off the continents, and it was, it was quite a, an energetic flow of water. And so all along the coast of Chile, there are these little areas, they call, the geologists call them basins, so they might be 20 or 30 or 100 kilometers long, and they, they sort of on just little basins on the edge of the of the coast there, and that's where these whales were found buried. And that fits the water, the continents rising, the water's running off, sediment being deposited on the edge of the continents, and in the lower areas of the where the sediments deposited, there's huge boulder beds. It's called a conglomerate. So there's large rocks which are all washed in together, which means lots of water. Lots of catastrophe burying the sediment and that's in that sediments further up that's where the whales were buried and so it fits exactly with um, the, the, the sequence of events connected with Noah's flood and that's why those who don't believe in Noah's flood who the, the geologists who think everything should be explained but what we see happening today nothing to notice here it's all pretty normal why they're always puzzled because they can't solve these issues but when you start with the Bible, which talks about Noah's flood, yeah.
0: and to use biblical history and the word of God, it makes sense of the world. And can you talk about the boulder beds? I was trying to understand that. You're saying there's boulder beds at this site in Chile? That's right. And the, the, the basins where the, the, there's the sediment, and as you go
1: down in the sediment towards the bottom, there's a, 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 some of the layers there are filled with boulders. Okay. And the geologists will will map this, they'll, they'll they'll explore it, they'll put it on their charts, but then penny just never drops
0: that it's connected with Chipina's flat. What you're saying is the problem is how do you get those boulders in that layer? So it's a layer below the ground, below the whale fossils? Below the whale fossils, <laughs> that's right. And in that layer you find large boulders. So it's a conglomerate. You've got sandstone around it, or something, and big boulders in it. That's exactly right. And so the, your point is, how do you get those huge boulders there?
1: Not by by not by processes that you see happening today. You don't see that sort of thing happening, where you get large areas of, of uh, the land of the continents being covered with sediment, where there's these huge boulder beds being washed in. And so, but it makes sense during Noah's flood that as the waters were coming off, they picked up these boulders and. Uh, you know, and uh, carried them down, carried them along, and and laid them down, and other sediments were laid on top, and
0: then the whales eventually were 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 uh, over, overcome. Okay, so their uh, boulders eroded from higher mountains, yes. and then have come down, settled down, and then you're saying as the continents rose, which is the latter part of the flood, mm. is that right? The continents rose, so the waters came off the continents, and these whales got trapped. Is that essentially in these lagoons? Well, but not necessarily a lagoon, but they were all
1: ended up being washed into this area. Got you. And then more sediment came and covered
0: them within a very short time. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'd, we're also delving into historical science away in here. We've got the Bible as a reference to talk about Noah's flood and the floods, the waters rose and the waters fell. But then we we're also coming up with a story about how these whales got there. And it seems it seems like a more reasonable story, but it, it often isn't told because we most people come from a different set of presuppositions. Yes,
1: that's right. Because when you start with the Bible, it gives you an outline, a broad outline of of, this, of the things which happened. It doesn't explain everything. It, it, it's, there are some details in it, but basically it's a broad outline. And so... Uh, that's, we can rely on that, that it's accurate and Mm. uh, it it actually happened as described. But then when we look in at these whales, it doesn't talk about whales being, being beached in during the flood and about conglomerates being deposited because Noah was on the ark remember. So it doesn't talk about that. So we interpret that within a biblical framework and, uh, Uh, what we always say you know I'm involved with creation ministries one of the things that we always say is you have to hold tight to what the Bible teaches the facts in the Bible that's the sort of non-negotiable but then the various hypotheses and theories and scenarios and stories that creationists create to explain it those are the things which can change and that's why you have um, uh, research publications like the Journal of Creation and others where creationists debate these things because if you get two creationists talking about something to do with creation, you end up getting three opinions, and uh, which
0: is really interesting. It sounds like real science. It's real science. And, it's real science. And, and, and you'd get that on the scientists that are even coming from a more uniformitarian point of view. That's they're, right. They're, as, as you just mentioned, there's a number of stories about how these whales got there, but they just they. Don't include the story you've just told. That's. They don't include the possibility that it was in Noah's flood, and yeah. explore that possibility, that yeah. idea. Just for a minute, I want to go. I want to take us back to the impossibility of fossilization without large deposition of sediments. Mm-hmm. So we're saying that okay, for whales now, is this would that also be true for smaller sea creatures and fish and other things that we find in the fossil record? Do they also need rapid burial? Because- Absolutely. You know, a smaller fish would not yep. need rapid burial,
1: but you wouldn't, you know, to, if it's a small fish, mm. it would probably need, uh, like if it's, you know, how say five centimetres across like that, yep. 10 centimetres, you'd probably need five or 10 centimetres sitting on top of it, yes. you know, to hold it down. Yes. With a whale, the size of the whale, you'd need far more sediment to hold the, the bulk of that particular creature down under the water. So it's, So the same thing applies. It has to be buried rapidly. Yes. And we always say that, um, and make it very clear, and we, we say, look, when you go for a, down to the beach and you go into the ocean and you, you're running into the ocean to have a swim, you're not running over all these dead fish lying on the bottom of the ocean waiting to be fossilised. There's a very effective and quick scavenging mechanism that uh, clears away anything that's dead and recycles it. That hasn't happened to these whales in Chile. And so they were buried far more rapidly, very rapidly, and that's just what you'd expect.
0: Yeah. What could explain that? Yeah. As the guy making the comment underneath, have you thought about Noah's flood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess this what when we see the whale falls, I was talking about those videos, and you are saying there's people that actually spend the whole academic career studying these whale yes. falls. So. Well, you can, we can go and watch that and we know experimentally they're not going to last millions of years waiting to be buried. They they totally, exactly right. they totally disappear. But I guess a small fish probably takes less than three months, probably just takes a few days. And yeah, that's it's right. eaten by the bone eating worms. But and you the see that bacteria. Down the beach. You don't see them lying a lot. You may yeah. occasionally see a beach, a fish on the beach, but it doesn't lie there for a long time. The, no. the seagulls clear it away. And when, you go on, when you go snorkeling and you're looking at the bottom of the ocean, it's usually quite a clean place. Very clean. Clean. Because mm. there's lots of bacteria. It sounds a bit disgusting in a way. There's lots yeah. of things that will eat you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Best to say. So that, the biblical account is a very good way of
1: explaining those whale fossils. They appear in the desert. And the people who don't believe in the flood, they struggle and struggle and struggle to find a convincing way of explaining them. And ultimately, they'll probably forget about it and not try to explain it anymore. But the biblical flood is a perfect explanation. And the the other thing about that is once people realize that, it gives them confidence that you can believe what the Bible says. Mm. Uh, You can actually see what's described there in the real world reported in the newspapers. You can see it. And once you can see that, it enables the rest of the message of the Bible. You can rely on that, which talks about God's relationship with us and our need for have our sins forgiven and what Jesus has done for us. So that's why the whales in the
0: desert are such an important, you know, has such a big effect, such an important issue. Something that I've I found very interesting and quite convincing is that when you look at the uh, marine fossils on the continents, and I actually used a fossil navigator map. Um, I think it's a university resource that's on the internet. I'm not sure which university, but you can type in "Okay, I just want to see marine fossils," and then you find that marine fossils cover all the continents. Mm. Um, and I actually showed this to someone on the street recently. We had a really good interview with Will and Juan, and they they were looking at it and saying, "Wow, you know, there's a lot of." Marine fossils on the continents, so it's not just this example that we're talking about. As you mentioned, there was one in the Sahara Desert. Actually, marine fossils are found everywhere, e- even on top of Mount Everest. Is that right? Exactly right. And uh, there's
1: um, there, there's these little plants which uh, uh, found you know the, the remains of some of those are found on the top of Mount Everest, which uh, usually they're found under the
0: ocean. So marine plants on the top of Mount Everest. That's right. So this really speaks of okay, there's there probably was, you know, even from a non-believing standpoint, there probably was this worldwide flood. But Mm. surely once you see that, you must do people that don't believe in the Bible, non-believing scientists, do they acknowledge that the world was flooded at one stage? Well, they don't really regard it as all the continents, and there's a reason for that. So it was just some of the continents were flooded, not the whole earth. Well,
1: the, all the continents yeah. were flooded at about the same time, and they picture it as occurring over a hundred million years. So a hundred million years ago, so you go into the outback of our country and uh, there's uh, fossils there, they will say think li- things like a hundred million years ago, this area, in the middle of the, uh, you know hundreds of kilometers from the ocean, they'll say it was covered with the great inland sea. And they find remains of swimming marine creatures, uh, and they're on display in the little museums there. So the evidence, nobody can argue with the evidence, but the thing is, when did it happen? 100 million years ago, it's got nothing to do with the Bible, but their dates are wrong. It wasn't 100 million years ago, it was during the flood, and it was as the waters were approaching the top of the the peak during the flood, and that was 4,500 years ago. So that's why when I see these dates, I say, yeah, there's something wrong with that. I just sort of cut that out. And there's good reasons for that. And there's uh, uh, lots of
0: information about why these dates can't be trusted. So you'd say, uh, "Do they say, sorry, that 100 million years ago, the whole world was flooded at the same time? Not at the same time. Because they they can't say at the same time. Yeah. Because that would stop evolution. True,
1: yeah. in In their model, you can't have the whole world being flooded. Because then you'd have to start with the, you know, but so they have always got a little bit of the continents that are still
0: uh, above land, above yeah. the ocean. This is so interesting because I think the common perception is when we talk about fossils in the desert, the first thing is surprise. This is a okay. mega surprise. But actually, you, what you're saying is even non Bible believing scientists recognize that there has been continent wide flooding in the, although the distant past for them. But they still recognize as has been constant white flooding. They recognize yeah. that. And, and of course, you have to recognize it because the evidence is, yeah, but it speaks of it. Is there, that's yeah. right. So it doesn't seem like a hop, skip, and a jump to get to, well, actually, there's fossils all across the world. Mm. And if, if the Bible story is true, then it makes sense of the evidence. Exactly right. It does make sense of the evidence. And the key thing,
1: and uh, we'll have to talk about this some other time, yeah. is the dating. Yes, the
0: dating is what throws people off the scu- off the trail. We've got a colleague, Dr. Ron Neller, and he's to be a geomorphologist, fluvial geomorphologist. Yeah, I know so, him. He's, he still is a fluvial geomorphologist. Still is a few fluvial geomorphologist. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, let's tell us what a
1: fluvial. Fluvial. Fluvial means water. Yep. So. F- Flowing fluve. so he's a he's a water geomorphologist. So a geomorphologist, geo is 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 uh, rocks and land, and uh, morphology is the shape. So he looks at the shape of the
0: landscape yep. and how it's been how it's been shaped by water. So that's what he does. So he's a fluvial geomorphologist. Looks at the landscape, how it's been shaped by water. So essentially, he studies floods. Yeah, exactly right. And the effects of floods. Yeah, he calls himself the flood chaser. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard him say that before. So we've both found his story very interesting because he, as a non-Christian, travelled the world, uh, got to teach in a number of different universities. I think there was some in Scandinavia and China. Uh, so he managed to study a lot of different floods around the world or the effects mm. of what seemed like a lot of floods. And I think it was even before he became a Christian that he realised... That, or he came to the understanding that there must have been one worldwide flood. That's right. So
1: he was looking at the sediments off the coast of China. Not sure exactly where, but it's off the coast of China. And they were they were doing it might have been seismic surveys and that. And as they were looking down, he sort of you know concluded that this was just one big flood. He was talking to his colleagues about this, and they said, "Well, we can't say that." We won't get our paper published, and we'll lose our we'll lose our grant money. So they had to make it into multiple little floods,
0: uh, in order to keep the grant money. Yeah, and because the reason they won't say one flood is, as you say, well, all life would die if there was one big flood. All well, life that's, would
1: die. So getting too big for their assumption that it's things just like today. We
0: don't see those sorts of things today. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's why. For the biblical narrative, the ark's very important because... To survive. Life, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. That's right.
1: So how did it survive? Two of every animal that breathes air and lives on the land, they were taken on the ark, although there were seven pairs of some animals, clean animals like sheep and goats, and, and seven pairs of every bird. Uh, they, these were taken on the ark, and that's why they survived. So life could continue. And that's why we see them in the world today, is because they were, they, uh, were saved on the ark. Which is a really interesting story, isn't it? Like how mm. these two worldviews interpret evidence in different ways, and they're motivated by certain things, like you can't have all the world covered in water, according to the evolutionary worldview, or everything would die And we've got animals today, whereas within the biblical worldview, Mm. you know,
0: that answers that question. Very, Mm -hmm. very good. I find that fascinating that secular scientists will accept that there's been big floods in the past, many, maybe continent, even continent-wide floods. Would they say that? They do. So there's been continent-wide floods, but there hasn't been one worldwide flood. And that was what Ron was getting to in his career, started saying, I think there's one worldwide flood. And he was told be quiet about that because that's not going to get us very far. That's not going to us, yeah, we're not yeah. going to get ourselves. Yeah, that's very interesting. This. That's and, right. And the other thing I found interesting was what we were talking about was the life on the ark, how that managed, that made life continue from the world before to the world afterwards. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about the last days are going to be like the days of Noah. And it was um, God that shut the door of the ark. And after that, no one else could get on. It's kind of, is a inspires some evangelical zeal because the door of earth salvation is going to be closed one time soon. It's mm. wide open at the moment, Taz, but mm. one day it's going to be closed. And that's the life that is now on the earth will carry on to the next earth. Through the salvation that's available in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So mm. it's kind of makes me think, well, we've got to get this message out there pretty soon because the door's going to be closed and that's going to be the only life that continues mm. on to eternal life. I mean I guess I guess it's slightly different in a way that we're all going to raise from the dead and they'll some to mm. eternal life some to eternal mm. judgment so're we're, right. we're all going to live forever in that way so I guess that's where the analogy breaks down but So this
1: all comes out of the whales in the desert in Chile yeah <laughs> that, that stopped the road being built that's
0: right So you got lots of questions I understand yeah well I'm going to ask you some quick quick questions i'm going to ask you for a quick answer because uh, we've talked about the ark and we've talked about the animals being on there and whenever you start to think okay so say someone's looking into this there might be a christian non-christian and they're looking at this video and they're saying okay i can see what you're saying there's evidence for a lot of flooding and it sounds like there was a worldwide flood but the story of the ark floating and all those animals surviving over that period of a year you is that not a bit far, far-fetched? You know, there's lots of questions come up. So let me start asking you a few common ones. Mm-hmm. So people will argue, well, how did all the animals fit on the ark? Well, most people have not thought about how big the ark
1: was. It was longer than a football field, higher than a four-story building. Mm-hmm. It had three decks on it. So there's plenty of room for all the animals. But the, the, Noah had to take on only each kind of animal. So he wouldn't have to take on... Every dog that you've ever, it, 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 as variety that's been around. Not every species. Not every species and not even every variety. He just has to take on two mongrel dogs. Right. And that would be the dog kind. So the, the, when you talk about kinds, maximum 2,000, 10,000 animals all together would have been all that was on the ark. And most of them are little. So you'd easily fit everything on the ark
0: together with the food and the water. No problem at all. That's a great answer at the end of the flood, where did all the water go?
1: Well, a lot of people have that question, as you say, uh, but and, and people suggest that maybe it got evaporated or maybe it went underground. But most people don't realise that the Earth's surface is broken, and it's broken into these tectonic plates, and these plates can move up and down. So, for example, in there was a big movement of a plate near Japan, caused a big tsunami in Japan, 15 meters. So basically what happened at the end of the flood is the ocean basin sank down and the continents lifted up due to this tectonic movement and the water ran off the continents into the ocean. So it's really easy to understand where the water went once you understand the movements and the tectonics of the Earth's crust. Mm -hmm. So is there enough water on the earth today to flood the earth? There is enough water today to flood the earth. Once again, if you um, uh, move the continents, the, the crustal plates, so that if you, if you push the continents down and you raise the ocean basins up today, make the surface even, there is enough water right now to, to cover the whole earth to
0: a depth of about three kilometres Taz, the fossil record is a record, we're told, of simple organisms, simple creatures at the bottom and more complex ones at the top. And we're told that this timeline shows and proves evolution. Is this correct? No, it's not correct. The earliest
1: fossils, which would be in the Cambrian, they've got uh, some creatures which are there, have got amazing evidence of design, like the eye in a trilobite is an incredible design for seeing and there's other creatures. there are other creatures which look exactly the same as things which are alive today. They've not changed. And so it's a, there's a, an evidence of a rapid appearance of a new design and also the preservation of, of designs over long periods of time.
0: And so it doesn't really support the issue of evolution. What is a polystrate fossil and why are they important? Mm-hmm. A polystrate fossil is a fossil which goes across many strata. Poly is
1: many, straight is for stratum. So it it can be a tree trunk. uh, They're very commonly polystrate fossil. So they go across numbers of layers of rock strata. And what it indicates is that all these strata, there could not have been a long time involved in depositing them. Otherwise, the tree would have rotted away at the top. And so it's another evidence, in fact, that the
0: fossils and the strata were buried rapidly and not over millions of years. Thanks, Taz. Thanks a lot for this session. We started talking about whale fossils in the desert in Chile. And then we were talking about Noah's Ark and how that relates to salvation. That was really interesting, especially that actually to get a fossil at all, especially a whale fossil, we really need a lot of sedimentation. And it appears like there's a lot of evidence for a worldwide flood. Indeed, indeed there is. So it's been great talking to you
1: and it really shows that you can indeed trust the Bible and these issues
0: can open up your thinking to think, well, maybe I should check it out. So that's really cool. I guess, would you would you encourage people to go and look up this themselves if someone was wanting to find out more? Absolutely. So and maybe not convinced yet or maybe they need to hear about something. Well, How would they find out more, Taz?
1: Well, one way would be to visit creation.com which is the website for creation ministries international that's got a great search box Mm. where people can find things another way they can do it is by connecting by subscribing and seeing more videos that would be a great way of doing it but it's going to take investigation and that's that's really cool thanks tas